Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vanamater. I couldn't be happier to be back talking about what we're about to talk about today. This is maybe the best time to be a Browns fan, in my opinion, as far as I've been alive. But we got some big news coming out of the Browns camp. This NFL offseason has been one of the craziest in NFL history. A lot of people saying it has been the craziest. I'm not going to be one to argue that, but I'm super excited to, to get you guys caught up on what we have to talk about today. For sure. So we have some huge news, groundbreaking news. I'm sure most of you have already heard it. If not, you'll probably hear it by the time this episode comes out. But the Browns made a blockbuster trade yesterday, Jack. Some people are calling it the biggest trade in NFL history. The Browns traded for quarterback Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. And it is an absolute blockbuster. Absolute blockbuster, to say the least. And this is probably the most talented quarterback in Browns history. Yeah, I mean, you can look, sure, there's some, definitely some Browns legends. No no shade to Bernie Kosar, Otto Graham, but, but I mean, as, as far as talent goes, Deshaun Watson trumps them all, in my opinion. This guy is the real deal. When he last played in 2020, he was the third best quarterback per PFF and ranked elite in so many categories despite having, having an absolutely terrible team around him. This guy's the truth. Yeah, I remember back in 2020 when we played them, the Texans were awful, but the sole reason they were in the game was because of how well Watson was playing. But to get into it, the details, it was a four-team race for Deshaun Watson between the Browns, the Panthers, Atlanta, who was a late riser, and then the Saints. But initially, on Thursday, he told the Browns that they were out of the running, and later that night, he also told the Panthers. So... The Browns were in a terrible situation. Baker Mayfield asked for a trade. They said no to that. Deshaun Watson was out of the picture. So for a second, it really looked like Andrew Barry gambled big and lost big Jack. But the following day, the Browns offered Deshaun Watson something that the NFL has not seen before, a five-year, $230 million contract, which was fully guaranteed, the most guaranteed in NFL history. $80 $80 million more than what Aaron Rodgers got earlier this week of $150 million guaranteed. So Jimmy Haslam more than busted out the checkbook. He rolled up probably about 10 to 15 Brinks trucks for Deshaun Watson and yeah. made him the highest paid player in guaranteed money in NFL history. And, and that's exactly how the Browns were able to land Deshaun. So according to a tweet by Schultz Report here, what happened was that Deshaun really did tell the Browns they were out. That was not a, a fake news story. The Falcons believed they had him. They really thought it was a done deal. However, that morning, the Browns the Browns essentially didn't take no for an answer. That morning, Browns made it clear that they're going to pay Deshaun Watson what he was worth, and that's what really did it. I don't think Deshaun wanted to particularly... I mean, he said that all four presentations given to him by those four teams were fantastic. It was a really tough decision, but I think it came down to the, the location and, and not wanting playing the cold for Deshaun, but $230 million guaranteed was enough to get him to change his mind. And then that paired with the fact that the Browns have a really complete roster that's ready to win, unlike the Falcons, in my opinion. So I think that was enough to really push him over the edge. 
and like you said, I mean, Jimmy Haslam is not playing around. Bringing in Amari Cooper on that massive contract, and now Deshaun Watson, he's up, you know, between those two guys alone, paying him 60 some million. So Jimmy Haslam is really saying, I mean, he's he's been the owner long enough. He's had enough of the losing. He, he's ready to win. Yeah, I mean, if you want to win, you got to kind of follow suit with what Dan Gilbert has done in Cleveland and just hand out checks to everyone. Maybe one day Paul Dolan will kind of get the message that uh, money could win a championship, but we'll see. That's another conversation to be had. But the Browns only did not give up a ton of money, Jack. They gave up a lot in picks. The Browns got Deshaun Watson in a 2024 fifth-round pick, and in return, the Browns set their 2022 first-round pick, which is 13th overall pick, which is a very solid pick. They sent a 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, 2024 first-round pick, and a 2024 fourth-round pick. So the Browns will not be picking in the first round for the next three years, bearing any other you know trades. Maybe the Browns can get a first-round pick in return for Baker Mayfield, but we'll talk about that a little later in the show. They gave up a ton. They gave up three first-round picks. That tops what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson, although they did give up two firsts, two seconds, and a quarterback and their starting tight end. So, honestly, you could even say that the Broncos gave up a little bit more for Russell Wilson, who's 33, compared to Deshaun Watson, who's 26, and who's also younger than Baker Mayfield, which is pretty crazy to think about. But, Jack, this is not the only thing that comes with Deshaun Watson. There's other baggage that we obviously know about that everyone else also knows about. The Browns have a long road ahead in addressing Deshaun's legal allegations, and it was a surprise to a lot considering how big the Browns are and, you know, keeping a good public image, and D Haslam kind of heads that with the organization, and the Browns have been, you know, an organization that is known for being good, for having a clean plate, so this is a surprise to a lot of people. It's a surprise to a lot of people. Real quick on the trade details, I just wanted to say I, I personally was very pleased with what the Browns gave up. Looking at that Russell Wilson trade, I fully expected the Browns to have to give up what we gave up plus a young player. So the fact that we didn't have to do that is is fantastic to me. Again, we're going to get into this later, but we still have eight picks coming up in this draft in 2022, so it's not like we're not going to be drafting and, and getting new talent. As far as the long road ahead and the legal allegations, that's certainly something to monitor And I know that a lot of Browns fans are not super pleased about it. I don't want to give my opinion just yet until I know a little bit more. However, this is one of those things where the Browns felt comfortable enough, knowing that Deshaun wasn't going to get criminally charged, that they felt comfortable moving forward with Deshaun. Um, And similar situations have happened in the past. You know, you've had Ben Roethlisberger and Ezekiel Elliott, who both faced very similar situations. And... You know, at the time, a lot of people, like when Ben Roethlisberger got accused of these charges in 2010, a lot of people were calling for the Steelers to trade him to get rid of him. They didn't feel comfortable with him leading uh, their franchise as a fan. And lo and behold, the Steelers won the Super Bowl that year. A year later, it was in the process of being forgotten. And we just recently saw Ben retire, and it was like all sunshine and rainbows that, you know, you would have never even thought that that ever really happened. And this is one of those things that with time it will heal. And I feel like the Browns are, you know, with Deshaun Watson, this is a 10-year venture 
You know, I know he signed to a five-year contract, but like the Browns view Deshaun as their guy for the next decade. They're clearly comfortable with taking a little bit of flack in the beginning for years and years of hopefully years and years of success in the future. Yeah, and with how this organization is built, hopefully the Browns can clean it up. They can help Deshaun move past this, and they can bring more like awareness to this like social issue and everything. So. And, and, yeah, and actually, that was one of the things that the Browns covered in their presentation to Deshaun when they flew down to Houston. A big part of that meeting was the Browns wanted to help him rehabilitate his image, and really we're going to focus on that. So I'm really interested to see what Andrew Barry, Jimmy Haslam, and, and the rest of the team has in store for that. Yeah, so like like Jack said, we're not really going to give our opinion till more has been said by the legal teams. But he does still face 22 civil lawsuits for alleged sexual misconduct during massage sessions. It is different from someone like Ben Roethlisberger and Ezekiel Elliott who were facing just one person. So Deshaun's you know, suspension could range anywhere from four to six to eight to ten games. So the Browns will have that on their hands. And they just did sign Jacoby Brissett. So they did find their guy to come, you know, come in and play for the Browns while Deshaun is most likely suspended. So we'll see what happens with that, but I think we should move on to the other news now. Deshaun's exciting, but there's a lot of other really fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, so the Browns traded for wide receiver Amari Cooper about a week ago. That was like the big you know, news of the offseason before this whole Deshaun situation started heating up. Fantastic trade in terms of value for the Browns. They receive Amari Cooper in a 2022 sixth round pick the Cowboys receive a 2022 fifth round pick and a 2022 sixth so we've basically swapped six rounders and traded Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick Amari being one of the premier wide receivers in this league certainly is worth more than a fifth round pick if the contract and the money wasn't involved so I love this trade for the Browns recently we restructured his contract saving 15 million dollars in cap space for 2022 we converted most of his salary into a signing bonus and added two void years at the end of his contract which just essentially means that we're going to pay him out two years after the deal is over regardless of if he's still playing for the browns or not this is a very common situation that's not something to be scared of again andrew barry's opening some more cap space to really load up yeah i love this mari cooper news it's awesome. It's finally a reliable wide receiver that is arguably the best route runner in the NFL, Jack. Gets open. He can be that guy that you go to on third down. And he has that Nick Chubb sort of mentality where he just puts his head down, doesn't say anything, and just works. And I'm, I'm super excited to have that in the locker room. And like you said, Andrew Barry just converted that whole contract into a signing bonus, which opens a lot of new options for the Browns. And we got some new news right now. So the Browns are looking to bring back Javion Clowney and Jarvis Landry. But now they have also shown interest in free agent Will Fuller per Jordan Uh-oh. Schultz. So that is a former teammate of Deshaun Watson and Texas. It could be a big move for the Browns if they did have a wide receiver core of Amari Cooper, Will Fuller, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz. We don't know what will happen. Most likely, the Browns could possibly bring back Jarvis Landry and forget about Will Fuller. But bringing in someone that played with Deshaun and that has a huge big play ability like that could certainly be something beneficial to the team and something that I would like as well, Jack. But we will see. I mean, there's going to be a ton of stuff that happens after we record the show. So hopefully when it comes out later this week, 
everyone will be updated on it. But Andrew Barry is going all in. Jimmy Haslam is going all in. They're going to do whatever they can do to, you know, make this offense supportive for Deshaun Watson and give this team the best chance to go win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that is certainly interesting that, that Jarvis Landry could potentially be coming back. Will Fuller was a guy that was linked to Deshaun throughout this whole process, kind of holding out to see where he eventually landed. And he's probably a veteran guy that you can get for relatively cheap just based on the way his career has gone. And currently, the Browns only have, I think, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Anthony Schwartz under contract at wide receiver. So they're certainly not done loading up in that area. I think the draft is another area where they might address that position. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, J.C. Treader, we just talked about Jarvis a little bit, but they were all released earlier this offseason to open up a little bit of cap space, a lot of, a lot of cap space. Landry saves 14.87 mil with a dead cap hit of 1.5 million. Austin Hooper, who we signed to that contract in 2020, obviously didn't pan out, saved 9.5 million with a dead cap spit hit of 11.25 million over two years. So that's a little bit more of a, of a dead cap. Not, not great, but definitely worth it because his contract was very gross. And then JC Treader, current president of the NFL Players Association, great leader, but he also had to go. We just spent too much on the offensive line. His, his release saves 8.25 million with a 1.625 million dead cap hit. So Browns freed up about 32.6 million in cap space between those three moves. However, it obviously did not come without a cost, losing some very, very valuable leaders in that locker room. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just go through the three of these guys real quick and give my opinion on why or why not I think it is a good release. Jarvis Landry, first off, it sucks to not have him in the locker room, Jack. He's a leader. He helped change the culture in Cleveland. But now the Browns could possibly bring him back, which would be awesome. Hopefully, if they do, it could be for $10 million or less. But obviously, he would have to agree on that number. But saving $14 million on Jarvis's contract is definitely worth it. At this point in his career, I do not think he is worth that much money. And it has allowed the Browns to, you know, go get Deshaun Watson and possibly bring in some more free agents. So definitely think that was worth it. Austin Hooper, it, the whole situation just sucks. I'm glad that he's gone. I thought he would be a great signing, but obviously it did not work out. And $11 million over the next couple of years is a lot of money to pay out in dead cap money. But I'm just glad that the Browns are taking the loss with it and moving on. He would catch the ball and literally just fall down. So hopefully Barry Jack can learn from this because that Austin Hooper is his, is his like first big like signing bust with the Browns. So hopefully Barry can take that loss and learn from it and move on. And then lastly, JC Treader, I think this one hurts a lot more than people think it does because he's been a, you know, an absolute stud for the Browns, played in every game, has been injured and has played and has still been one of the top ranked centers in the NFL. He's a smart guy, he's a team leader. The thing with Treader, though, is the Browns have a great, great offensive line coach in Bill Callahan. So I don't think that the Browns would have released Treader without the green light from Callahan saying, you know what, Nick Harris is ready to take over this job. I just, I just don't think they would have done it if Callahan didn't give them that green light. So hopefully, and it sounds like the Browns will trust and start Nick Harris in this center position now. Yeah, Nick Harris, he's ready to step up. I'd love to see 
that the Browns got some value in the fifth round there. And hopefully he can fill that role. Although, like you said, J.C. Treader, a guy who's been top five on the PFF grades for centers in like the past four or five years, absolutely a stud. It's going to hurt. But if, if Nick Harris can fill that role and save a bit of money, then I am all for it. In other news, Browns acquire D.N. Chase Winovich from the Patriots. Give linebacker Mac Wilson in return. Winovich is on a super cheap deal one year, 965000 so not even a million dollars. Mac Wilson, a guy who a lot of fans liked, however, a little bit of a sour, souring relationship at the end of his time here. It was time to move on, and again, by no means was he really a, a non-expendable piece. He, he had not really panned out the way that we had hoped. Chase Winovich on Twitter has been very active, really trying to make the the fans feel at home and I think he could be a potentially decent depth piece I know John you're shaking your head you don't like him but a Michigan boy Chase Winovich comes to the Browns (laughs) yeah I've never been a fan of Chase Winovich but like you said earlier Jack I'm gonna have to start being a fan of him because he's on the Browns now I just haven't really liked him because he is a Michigan product and he was very good in his first two years with the Patriots he didn't play a lot last year. His relationship with the Patriots soured as well as Mac Wilson's did. But he's going to get a fresh start here in Cleveland on this one year left on his contract. And he will provide really good edge depth for the Browns who are lacking defensive linemen. So this is a, you know, a low-risk, high-reward trade for the Browns and a possible you know, extension guy that the Browns could sign if he did produce a very good year. And, you know, Winovich is a guy who's also produced a lot of pressures and sacks in his past two seasons. So it could be a good move for the Browns. I'm excited about it. But now the Browns are going to have to go get another linebacker too, and I just don't want to understate that. Right. Browns also agreed to terms with a couple other free agents. Linebacker Anthony Walker, who previously played for the Browns, was signing from the Colts last year, and... He is on a one-year, $5 million contract. Offensive tackle Chris Hubbard, another guy that previously played for the Browns, um, his contract deals are not out yet, or his contract details, excuse me, are not out yet. However, he is a very good signing, in my opinion, gives some much-needed depth. Wide receiver slash special teams man, Jakeem Grant, a three-year deal up to $13.8 million. And then defensive tackle Taven Bryan, a one-year, three point nine million-dollar contract. A couple of notes on these guys, in my opinion. Love the Anthony Walker pickup. Love the Chris Hubbard pickup. Two positions that depth is always great at. Jakeem Grant, though, I am not super fond of. As far as wide receiver, he he should not be on the field. He's really a a punt returner, is what he is. And, you know, to give a guy... $13.8 $13.8 million, albeit over three years. It's a little expensive for me for a punt returner. And then a, a guy that, I mean, I, I don't even know how effective of a punt returner he will be. Defensive tackle Taven Bryan, another uh, lo- low-risk, kind of high-reward guy. He was a first-round pick for the Jaguars. Obviously, that did not pan out very well. However, addresses a position of need and gives us a little bit of upside. So I, I don't hate three of those, but Jakeem Grant, not super high on Yeah, I think those are all well said. I'll go through them real quick, too. Anthony Walker is a middle linebacker, led the Browns in tackles last year. You go get your middle linebacker back. You know, the guys that call and play on your defense, and he doesn't have to relearn a playbook, so that's good. The defense can keep moving. Hubbard missed all of last year, but it's funny because Jack and I previously 
very much dislike Chris Hubbard, but then two years ago had a great season as a sixth man on the Browns offense, and that's something that the Browns really, really lacked last year. So hopefully he comes back healthy and ready to play. Grant, I'm in the same boat with you, Jack. The thing is, the contract is worth up to $13.8 million, and we got to express the worth up. So, you know, this could not be a big contract. He could not be making $13.8 million. So we'll see. We'll see when the full contract details come out. But if he does make that, it is a lot for a punt returner. But the Browns also have not returned a punt since I'm pretty sure Travis Benjamin. So they're kind of hoping this guy can kind of come in and spark the special teams unit, which has been severely underwhelming in the past how for many years. And then lastly, Tavin Bryant. He is a defensive tackle that is a former first-round pick. I don't really see this guy's is a starter jack. It's kind of like a Winovich where he can come in and kind of rejuvenate his career. But in my opinion, the Browns have to go get two starting defensive tackles regardless of having uh, Tavon Bryan or whatever. So Agreed. moving in, the Browns signed someone else earlier today after they traded Case Keenum, and that is Jacoby Brissett. And I'll let you talk about him a bit, Jack. Yes, yeah, so quarterback Jacoby Brissett coming over from the Miami Dolphins – He's previously played for the Patriots and a couple other teams. He's kind of been a journeyman throughout his career. Nothing special. However, he very well might see the field for our Browns a few games this season if Deshaun ends up getting suspended. Keenum, our previous backup, has been traded to the Bills for a 2022 seventh-round pick. That I do like that trade because it gets he was on kind of a big contract for a backup quarterback, so it gets that off our books. Although it's a little bit weird, Keenan was due a one million dollar bonus yesterday, so it's interesting that they decided to move on from him now and not a couple days ago. But Keenan is gone. Jacoby Brissett in a guy that you might want to get familiar with because he could very well play a couple games for the Browns. Yeah. So. Brissett, it's like 99% likely that we're going to see him anywhere between like 4 to 10 games, Jack. And it, it does very much worry me. Case Keenum is, is like an older quarterback. He can't throw the ball deep well. But Brissett's not a great quarterback either. It's just a very funky situation for the Browns to be in. But they knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. Brissett is a guy that can throw the ball. He's kind of like a Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you. So with all of these weapons that the Browns are acquiring and putting around him, he should be a low-maintenance quarterback that is kind of just relying on his weapons in the run game to hopefully get the Browns off to a winning record to start the season. And then you'll have Deshaun Watson hopefully come in and, in terms, relieve Brissett of what he's doing and finish out the season for the Browns. So hopefully that does well. Keenum was on for a lot of money, but a benefit of keeping Keenum could have been that he already knows the system, and that he was 2-0 for the Browns when starting last year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, the Browns have a lot of new faces in the building, and we are yet to see how all these guys will gel. But, you know, that's an NFL team, and that's what they're going to have to deal with. So our last segment that we have for you guys is just our overall thoughts and conversation about the Browns and their future and just how everything goes with that. But actually, we did have one thing left some news. It was the Browns are possibly going to bring back Jadavion Clowney. They offered him a two-year, $24 million contract. And Jack, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, a guy that 
a lot of people thought would not be back with the Browns before this Deshaun Watson deal. Immediately after that news came out, a report came out that the Browns offered Clowney this two-year, $24 million offer. Clearly, they look at him as a piece that they need to load up and win in 2022. And really, I mean, th- when you look at the Browns' defensive line, if you let Jadavion Clowney go, a lot of these big-name free agents have already been accounted for. Von Miller off the market. You know, the Browns were really in a, in a pro. You know, they had some issues if they didn't bring back Clowney because you really don't. I mean, like you said, they don't have two starting caliber defensive tackles, and then now you don't have a, a second defensive end outside of Miles Garrett. It's a problem, so I would love if Clowney is back. Moving into what you were going, overall thoughts in conversation about, you know, how some of these, these things that we just mentioned. How does Watson fit with the Browns? A guy, I mean, just briefly in my opinion, he just lets Stefanski do so much more than what Baker was able to offer. The pass, the, the play-action game, which we saw, you know, that Stefanski loves to do, and with two really solid running backs could be so deadly. Now you've got a quarterback that can execute it because he's a threat to run the ball. It's You know, they don't just have to look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and say, if we could stop these guys, we're good. Not to mention, Deshaun Watson also is much better in the, in the passing game as far as, you know, like the, the drop-back game. That's an upgrade there. He also is so so much better under pressure, which is something that Baker was atrocious under pressure. Watson's able to get out of that, scramble a little bit better, and, and has the, the mentality to kind of stay calm. So I, as far as fit, I think it's a perfect fit for yeah. what the Browns are trying to do. Yeah, that's all really well said. And I mean, just in terms of talking about how it's an upgrade over Baker Mayfield, and I, I just want to emphasize, too, we're not, like, hating on Baker. I've loved Baker for however long he's been with the Browns, but this has been needed, in our opinion. It's the Browns' way to actually get to a Super Bowl in this now-loaded AFC conference. But Watson is a bigger quarterback. He will be better under pressure. Baker Mayfield had the most batted balls and interceptions in the NFL in the past three years. Deshaun Watson throws for a significantly higher completion percentage. He's taller than Baker, so hopefully those batted balls will go down for the Browns. But yeah, he can run the ball, but he's not a primary running quarterback like Lamar Jackson. He can throw <laughs> he can throw deep balls really, really well. We said that with someone possibly like Will Fuller. I think this could bring in out the best in guys like Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones because we know what they can do. The Browns brought those guys in for a reason because they're dual wide receivers and they're really dangerous. So like you said, I think this fits well. The Browns just got to figure out how he fits with this upcoming year with the suspension and everything. But I think we've said enough about Sean Watson and let's move on with the draft because Deshaun Watson obviously does have implications on that. The Browns, what does their draft look like, Jack? Well, the interesting thing is you may think the Browns have no more picks, that they're going to be complete ghosts in this upcoming draft. But that's not true. The Browns still have eight draft picks in 2022, which ranks among the most among any team in the NFL as far as this this upcoming draft. Obviously, we have no first-round picks, so we won't see any blue-chip players coming in. But keeping the 44th overall pick, something that I kind of felt went under the radar in this Deshaun Watson trade, that's huge because it'll really there's going to be some good players in this draft at that position. This draft has been said over and over that it's really deep. It may not have the up top-tier talent that the last two drafts have had, but it's really deep. So I think there's going to be some receivers 
on the board at 44, some defensive tackles potentially on the board at number 44. I really love George Pickens out of Georgia, Sky Moore, Wandale Robinson, all receivers that can really take the top off a defense. And then also you've got plenty of defensive players and uh, offensive linemen that the Browns I'm sure would love to look at. Not to mention, another thing we're going to briefly talk about after this is that you still got Baker Mayfield who's going to be moved. So there very well could be another second-round pick, potentially late first-round pick coming in. So the Browns are still major players in this upcoming draft. Yeah, so right now, I'll just go over it real quick. The Browns have a second-round pick, two third-round picks. One is a compensatory pick because of Kwesi. I'm not sure how to exactly say his name, going to be the GM of the Vikings. They also have two fourth-rounders, a sixth-rounder, and two seventh-rounders. Andrew Barry has never picked in the seventh round, and I highly doubt that he will this year. He also doesn't pick much in the sixth round, so maybe the Browns could see a package of those two seventh-rounders and the sixth-rounder moving up for a fifth-rounder since we don't have a pick in that round. And he, he's hit pretty well with his fifth-round pick, so I wouldn't doubt if he tried to do it again. But yeah, so moving on to the next thing, I think that's the perfect thing. Baker, I'm going to miss the guy, but... Also, at the same time, obviously, like we've said, Sean Watson is the better player. The Browns are going to get some picks for him, too. And, Jack, what exactly could that look like for the Browns? So a report came out today that the Browns are reportedly looking for a day-two pick in return for Baker Mayfield. Day-two, you've got the second and third round. So I I would imagine a second-round pick is, is kind of what they're hoping to get. The major players that have been mentioned as far as suitors for Baker Mayfield include the Seahawks, the Indianapolis Colts, the Carolina Panthers. I will also even mention the New Orleans Saints who missed out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. All teams to watch out for. However, I've been seeing reports that the Indianapolis Colts have been the most aggressive in what they've been offering for Baker Mayfield. However, the Browns may be a little bit hesitant to move him within the AFC. So we'll see what happens there, but I would be thrilled with a late first, that goes without saying. And then I'd be very happy with a second-round pick. I think at this point, the Browns aren't going to be super picky about what they get in return. It's clear that this is a relationship that is going to be no more. Baker, again, like you said, great guy, and I wish him all the best wherever his next home is. Yeah, so the Browns just shed $20 million off their salary cap today. When they trade Baker Mayfield, that's another $18 million off the salary cap, which could allow all this like free agent signings that we were talking about today. But I think a high second-round pick could be the probable best option for the Browns. I would obviously love a first, but for Baker, his value has depreciated, so we will see what happens with that. My top choice, in my opinion, would be the Seattle Seahawks, Jack, because you are trading him out of the AFC. Plus, they have some pretty picks that they just got from Denver, including two first-rounders and two second-rounders. So I think the Browns could make their best trade with Seattle and get some picks in return for Baker. So that would be my top choice. Another dark horse could be Atlanta as well because they are looking to move on from Matty Ice. So, Jack, this has been a ton. The Browns are... A sort of sort off-season winners and what I wanted to mention was the Browns have been the off-season winners for the past however many seasons will this year finally be the year or next year you know possibly bearing a huge suspension for Deshaun finally be the year that the Browns finally put everything together 
these off-season trophies that they all have, can they throw them away in exchange for a Lombardi trophy? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I love that you brought that up because you're exactly right. The Browns, it seems like, are off-season winners for the last few years and nothing's come of it. But this may be different. I really like what the Browns have done. And they finally get their guy at quarterback. I will, I will say, though, the Browns have not won a division title since 1989, which is the longest drought in NFL history. And I don't want to get my hopes up too much that they're going to do it this upcoming season because, like we mentioned multiple times, Deshaun Watson probably will face some sort of suspension, which means we'll, we'll have Jacoby Brissett as our starter. Not super ideal as far as winning games is concerned, although, you know, I never want to speak too soon. Jacoby Brissett could very well get the job done, but I'm, I'm going to hold my horses, and when we see it, I will believe it, but I'm very excited to say the least. Yeah, so we'll shove a sock in it for now, but a lot is going to happen with the Browns in the next upcoming weeks with the draft. We'll be back with our pre-draft episodes and everything, hopefully an Indians episode to kick off the season for them, or my bad, the Guardians. So, yeah. So <laughs> That's going to take a while to get used to. It definitely will, but we'll be back. So <laughs> thanks again for tuning in, Jack. It was a pleasure to talk with you again, but stay hot, our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.